Welcome to another episode of Hat Collecting, the show where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of many trades, and I am joined today by Carly, aka ADH Adult, who is a content creator, a counseling psych student, a research assistant, an artist, and an actor. Um, you may be familiar with uh, Carly from uh, Instagram or TikTok, where they have quite the uh, quite the following. Um, Carl's is okay with any pronouns, but they and them are best. Thank you very much for joining the show today, Carly. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we. Uh, I'll just go ahead and, and and let the cat out of the bag on this. We pre-recorded the bonus episode because I mm-hmm. figured this might run a bit longer, and I didn't want us to kind of run out of steam. So, um, yeah. So we're we're gonna. I'm gonna. Give this one room to breathe. If, if we have good conversation, it can go a little bit longer. But um, yeah, the first question I like to ask to kind of get us started and, and break the ice is I like to ask my guests, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Carlton Place, which is a small town about 30, 45 minutes west of Ottawa. Um, yeah, grew up in Carlton Place, went to Carlton Place High School. My name is Carly and I went to Carlton University. <laughs> um yeah so it was it was it's a it's small town it's not super super small I have a couple friends that are from very very small towns but it's small enough that like most people know each other um that there's a some students drove their tractors to school um very uh very small town mindset um very white very middle class um so yeah a lot of a lot of the social stuff that you would assume goes along with that. <laughs> so this might be a, a dumb question, but uh, did your name, did, have your parents ever told you that your name had anything to do with being born there? <laughs> no, it didn't. I actually wasn't even born there. I was born in Elmont, which is another small town, not that far from here. Um, my name, my, I think my mom actually said she was going to name me Mallory and then she forgot and she named me Carly because her banker's name was Carly. I'm pretty sure is the story, which is a, such an ADHD thing to do. <laughs> Looking back, she wasn't diagnosed then, but like she forgot what name she wanted to name. Uh, yeah, oh, that's that's a good story. <laughs> I, ha- I have a bit of a similar one, but maybe I'll, I'll share it with you uh, off air. <laughs> Okay. I'll just put it this way. I did not actually have an official name for the first three days that I was alive. Amazing. (laughs) That sounds like something I would do, but like, like three weeks, like, "Ah, I haven't decided yet. (laughs) Apparently my parents couldn't agree on a name for three days. (laughs) Oh no. I could imagine. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that household. (laughs) Um, yeah, so um, I'm going to take a moment now to do a quick uh, land acknowledgement, as I do on every episode of this show. Um, Toronto, or Tecoronto, is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a Dish With One Spoon Treaty territory, and we are uninvited visitors on this land. You can find out more about that at native-land.ca, and despite the .ca, that actually covers the whole world and not just Canada, so that's a place that you can get started, but that is not where you should end your journey learning about the Indigenous peoples of your region. Um, I don't know if you've ever looked into any of that stuff for your region, or if it's fine if you yeah, haven't. I'm in Ottawa, so I'm pretty sure it's Algonquin and Anishinaabe. The next question here, and this is, I guess, where we'll start to get into a little bit more of the meat of things. Um, 
in case you haven't already guessed, uh, Carly and I have uh, ADHD in common, so that's probably going to be a big focus of this episode, and hopefully we'll be able to stay on track somewhat. But um, can you tell me and my audience a little bit more about the things that you do and how you got into them? Yeah, so uh, I guess the the one thing that got me here is the TikTok. Um, how I got into that was completely by accident. I just I I made a TikTok, uh, ironically as most millennials do, and then liked it and got addicted to it and uh, posted about my ADHD just like as a as a joke. Um, and then it, it got a bunch of uh, likes and I was like, oh, people, people want to hear about this. I didn't think that ADHD was like an interesting thing to anybody. Um, so I just started posting more and more about it. And that's how I started doing that. Um, I'm also a student, ma master's of counseling student. Um, how I got into that was I, I first was going down the research stream. So I have a master's in neuroscience already. Um, and I started a PhD in neuroscience and then quit within, I think it was a month, <laughs> um, because I realized that I, 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 there are certain parts of research that I like, but I like um, people. I like interacting with people and I really want to help people um, in a more tangible way because research definitely helps people as well. Um, but I want to be able to um, more see direct the direct results of my of my helping. Maybe that's a selfish thing on my part. But um, but yeah, so I, I decided to kind of switch gears and go from the research stream more into the clinical stream. That's what got me into the uh, Masters of Counseling. Yeah. And the research assistant job I actually got also through my master's. It's a lab next to the one that I did my master's in. And so with the um, with the kind of artist and actor thing, like I, I, I'm not sure if you have uh, like a, a theater connection, because I know when you're on Dystopian Telephone mm -hmm. that you had connected with Alana through TikTok. And I know that she has a, a kind of a theater background. Um, do you also? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I didn't mention that because it's completely slipped my mind. But before the pandemic, I was working part time as an actor. Um, I, I really love theater. I do mostly stage stuff. Um, I've done a couple of film things, um, but I much prefer being on stage. I think the energy is completely different. Um, I miss it a lot. Uh, last year, I had it was it was going to be one of my most successful years theater wise. I had four paying gigs lined up, which was like unheard of me. I would have been going right from one show into the next show. It was going to be amazing. Um, I had the the people that I, my castmates for those shows were all people that I worked with before and I love. So I was really really excited for that year, and I got through one show, and then our closing night was the day that Ontario went into like lockdown. Um, so at least we got one one of the four shows. Um, but yeah, I, I miss that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, my, my roommate is uh, is a professional actor and, and the industry literally just shut down overnight and, and I felt terrible for him. I I have a, you know, it makes a nice um, safe uh, like admin job that uh, has been largely unaffected by the, the lockdown. So very lucky for that. Um, yeah, so the uh, next question, sort of the sub question of that question is, um, and you don't have to answer this for all of those things if you want to just pick like two or whatever. But do you think that there's like a, a biggest misconception or misunderstanding about um, those kind of primary things that you do? 
Um, yeah, I think the biggest, I'll, I'll talk about counseling because I think that that's the one that has the biggest misconception is that people think therapy is just talking like, like, it, like, you, like, why go to therapy if you could just talk to your friend when it's really so much more than that. And like we go through, as I am going through now, a lot of training to learn all these different like modalities and tools that we can use. Um, so yeah, it's a lot more than just chatting, <laughs> um, which is, yeah, which is why we go through so much training and, and unfortunately why it costs so much. Um, that's probably the biggest misconception. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just recently got onto uh, TikTok myself. I haven't done a ton of videos, but, um, I've noticed that like, if you want to, like I say, if you want to do TikTok well, you like real, it's like, it's literally content creation. Cause it's like, you have to really kind of like plan it out and like, you know, and like almost like engineer each video. I usually just do like a one take thing because that's all I really have the time and energy for. But um, like, do, would you say like, I don't want to say you're like, a, like in your experience with TikTok and becoming unexpectedly successful, um, is there anything that you've kind of learned from that that you maybe surprised you and you would like to just share? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot from TikTok. Um the one thing that has changed the most is how I view celebrities. Um, because when I first started TikTok, I like I saw people with like my amount, even lower, like like even like 50, 60,000 followers as like celebrities. And and I interacted with them in a different way than I would interact with somebody else that I considered like on my level. Um, but then as I've like, you know, grown through these levels, I've realized like, we're all just people like, and, and I am no different now. I mean, I'm, I'm different in some ways, but I'm not, I'm still the same person now as I was when I had no following. And, and yeah, it just, it made me appreciate that, like, wow, celebrities really are just people. And, and a lot of them have just kind of fallen into this. And there's also a lot of like, stress and and anxiety that goes with like having your every single word um like broadcasted and people can pick it apart and and replay it and hear what they want to hear and take it out of context and like i just can't imagine the amount of like stress and the impact on mental health that like the big big tier celebrities must be going through um yeah so my my opinion and and view of celebrities has changed completely um and then the other the other thing that I've realized about TikTok specifically, and this is this is a, a very specific thing to TikTok, is that like you were saying, like you can really you can really curate your content, you can really like think about it, you can like script it all out, you can you know sketch out like your scenes and your angles, and you can put on different costumes and do characters and stuff like that, or you could just sit there and talk to your phone. And sometimes like. I'll put in a bunch of effort, like, like the first description and then it'll get no views. And then other times I'll just like wake up, roll out of bed and talk at my phone for 15 seconds. And that will go like semi-viral and TikTok is just a mysterious being. <laughs> um, that's, that's what I've learned mostly about TikTok is to almost, it's kind of like try less, but also try a lot at the same time. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, I definitely admire the people that do all the like kind of fancy editing and filters and, and like do the, you know, skits basically by themselves. Like, I'm like, man, I would love to do that, but I would need to not have a full time job to be yeah. able to do that. Um, and then, yeah, some people are just like kind of what I'm doing. They just they just do standalone videos, one take, and they just they just speak honestly. And and that certainly appeals too in its own way. Um, this might be a bit of a. Um, a, a, a tangent bomb, but um, would you say like with ADHD specifically, do you think that there's, uh, or what would you say is maybe the biggest misconception about ADHD? <laughs> the biggest misconception is the name itself. <laughs> like it's not a deficit. It's not an attention deficit. It's an attention regulation issue. And everyone that I've talked to has agreed, agreed with me on this is because like we can hyperfocus. So if it was a deficit, we wouldn't hyperfocus on things for hours and forget to eat and go to the bathroom because we're so absorbed in what we're doing. There's no deficit of attention. It's just that we can't control over where our attention is landing as well as the average human can. Um, yeah, that's that's I think the biggest number one conception. And then I guess the other the other big conception is that it's just this like it's 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 this like eh, what it's this thing that like affects kids in school and that's it and, and and it's just kind of like this mild thing where kids kids have trouble at school and then that's it that's the only way it affects people's lives and really it, it affects like every single part of our lives yeah i've i've noticed like through my own journey because i'm i'm i have a couple of different like i'm autistic and ADHD, adhd and and possibly some other things now as i'm learning um and i've noticed that like because as part of adv advocacy in these groups um there is this this uh thing that keeps coming up about how the, a lot of the supports that exist that are not community-based supports kind of like once you're like past like I guess 18 or once you're kind of like out of high school it's like well you're on your own now basically and mm -hmm. that uh and it's like well you know your brain doesn't just be like okay I know no more support I just have to work now <laughs> yeah so um that's yeah that's and then there's people. so many of us like me I wasn't even diagnosed until I was 20 so I didn't have any of the supports that they give to children growing up it's just kind of like oh okay now I know this thing about myself and I have just the same zero amount of support that I had before and I have to figure it all out for myself. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so uh, the next question here, um, well, well, I'm sure we'll get more into that stuff again later in the show. Mm -hmm. um, when you were a child, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? An astronaut. And I still, I'm still kicking myself that I didn't do that. <laughs> I was just never that good at physics. So... <laughs> I have had so many guests say that they wanted to do things, but they're like, but I'm, I'm terrible at math. So I couldn't, I'm just like, oh. that's the thing is I was really good at math though. So like I had a chance, but then I didn't take physics in high school. And then when I did take it in university, I was like playing catch up and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, years ago I did another uh, sh another podcast, like an interview uh, show, and I had on an optician. Somebody that like does, yeah, like like eye stuff. And um, she told me kind of that same idea when I said like, you know, what do you think people should know? And she's like, you know, it's never too late to like learn math. You think you're terrible at it, but I did too. And, and I, I was able to figure it out. And so 
that's again something I do hear again periodically from from different people and I, I mean, I'm like a bookkeeper accountant, and so people think I'm great at math, but I basically am only as good as I need to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like, yeah, I, I, I'm not interested in like high level number stuff and like algebra. <laughs> That's how I feel about all skills. I'm as good as I need to be, and then once I don't have a utility for learning it, my brain's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, very much relate to that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this next question here, it might be, um, so I, I, it it originally started as me saying like, you know, where do you, like, where were you at at the age of 30 or where do you think you'll be? Because this idea, this cultural idea that by 30, we're supposed to have so much stuff figured out and have our lives pretty set. And that's obviously not the case for a lot of people. So I've started asking instead, at what age were you when you kind of reached a point that you felt like you were relatively happy with the path that you were on and that you wanted to keep following it? Uh, Depending on the day, I'll either tell you that happened sometime in my mid-ish 20s or that it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Um, Because when I'm when I'm down on myself, when I'm having a bad mental health day, I think like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm 28 and I don't have a quote real person job yet. Um, I'm still in school, you know, I'm still figuring out what I really, you know, want to do. But then on good days, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm 28 and I've been in school for 10 years and I've learned a lot and I love learning and I love school. So it's good that I've been in school and I and I really have found like mental even even if I've kind of moved around a little bit within the field, like mental health is definitely a thing that I want to be a part of, like the bigger picture um, and, you know, theater, I want that to continue to be a part of my life. And I have been doing that not so much this year because Corona, but, <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing things that, that I, that I wanted to do. So maybe I do, maybe I am now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we can be on a path and then we can kind of reach a point where like, okay, you know what, Th- this, I thought this was the right path, but now I realize maybe it isn't. So it's not to mm-hmm. say that like you have to find one path and then you have to stick with that forever. That's, that's a trap I think people fall into. Mm -hmm. And like, that's also part of why I do this show because like I, my path has been like constantly winding all over the place. And I I've talked to people and I've heard from people who have kind of said that, like, they feel like once they, you know, get into a job that they like, they have to hold on to that. And even if it's not really what they want to do, they have no choice. And like, just all all this stuff and so I'm, I'm trying to combat these kind of ideas and these like d- like doubts that society kind of like pushes into our heads uh, and try to encourage people to just look at things a little bit differently and maybe consider you know trying again if they they want to do something a little bit different but um, as a sub question of that question uh, and you might have partially answered that already but I, I like to ask like because you know, if, if we don't get to, if we don't get to like a certain spot by that magical age, like there's always obstacles and things that kind of slow us down or kind of knock us off course. And then we don't get where we're trying to get as quickly. Uh, do you think that there's like one, like a, like a main obstacle that, that kind of prevented you from getting here sooner, maybe? I think that my own biggest obstacle is just my mental health. Um, I've, and money, um, like I grew up, <laughs> I grew up low income. Um, so a lot of, a lot of, I think my, 
life choice decisions have been shaped by the fear of, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to raise kids in that situation. So I feel like I have to be responsible. I have to, like I went into, I applied to theater school and science and I got scholarships for science. So I went into science, um, things like that. Like I could have had a completely different life if I had a, uh, a more solid monetary basis. Um, but then also, yeah, my mental health. Cause like, you know, throughout schooling and, and working for these past 10 years, I've always thought like, Oh, it'd be great if I just had time to do art. I want to do more art if I just had the time to do it. Well, I've had a lot of time this year and I still haven't done as near as much as I would have liked to. And it's because of my mental health and the pandemic's been really, really hard on me. And um, yeah, I think that that's, that's what keeps me from doing things is just the lack of spoons to do the things. Yeah. I was, I was uh, talking to my guest on the the episode right before this, about that same idea that uh, just, like, you know, at the end of the day, or, you know, speaking for myself, at the end of the workday, a lot of times I just have a limited amount of energy left. And, um, like, that's why, like, my, my social life has never really been very much, A, because I'm naturally a morning person, which kind of has its ups and its downs, its pros and its cons. But, like, a lot of times just because events start late or even just by, like, five o'clock, I just, I don't really have anything left sometimes. And um, I... Yeah, it's so that's been kind of frustrating and 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 it's now but now I guess I'm a little bit more motivated to try harder because now I sort of have been forced to not have a social life and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I need people. I need people more than I realized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the next question here is uh, kind of a two-parter and again, it's uh, based around an idea of kind of a cultural narrative, these two ideas that um, that adults and grownups are not supposed to be silly and goofy and like goof around unless they're doing it with children or if it's their job too. Uh, and also that self-care has to be like, you know, really fancy, expensive pampering. And so I've been asking my guests uh, to kind of, you know, simplify and just what was the last silly or playful thing you did that didn't involve children? And what is uh, the, the last act of self-care that you did, no matter how small? Yeah, so I will never, ever, ever be able to be one of those serious people. <laughs> I'm always going to be goofy. I just can't help it. Um, but yeah, the the last silly thing that I did for my... And it was like a silly thing and self-care, both of them together. Um, I bought a flow wand, which if you don't know what a flow wand is, it's it's right here. I'll show it to you. Um, it's, it's, a, it's like a magic stick. And I got one that lights up because I really, really like things that light up and glow. And, and I'm not, I'm not good at it yet. And I don't have the room to show you on camera, but basically like you, you spin it with your hand, like you put it on your finger and you spin it around and it looks like it's floating. Hmm. Um, and it's, and it's something that people like play with at like raves and festivals and stuff a lot, but I just really like things that glow and float around and stuff. So it's my new hobby. Uh, I've been trying to teach myself how to make this flow wand look like it's levitating around me. Um, and it's, and it's also a thing to, I've been trying to get up and move around more because now our life is just on screens all the time. I'm, I'm on a screen for school. I'm on a screen for work. I'm on a screen for pleasure. So I wanted something that wasn't on a screen and that gets me up and moving and working out my arm muscles. Cause even though it's a small stick, it's I'm lifting something. <laughs> so it's, it's been a good, uh, a good thing to like get up and move around a little bit and play with this glowy stick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, that's, 
that that I I have I just think like see my my ADHD kicked in there because it was like oh hey I have a couple of things kind of like that and I was and I was just like imagining oh what could I do with those that I hadn't thought of already and um but I have to I have to stay present and host this show <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with me I want to um, hear about those things later though <laughs> yeah no they're they're definitely not that like fancy or anything but um mm-hmm. yeah they're they're just like I too um and and it's kind of makes sense like a lot of the people I've interviewed on this show have been my friends people I already know and so obviously the, the people that I'm I'm going to be friends with are probably going to be people kind of like me and I'm not the goofiest person ever but like I definitely like I used to have a lot more like social anxiety and a lot more like I was very like um I don't know what the right word is but yeah like I, I just it took me a very long time to kind of open up and get more comfortable and confident and part of doing that was like, you know, if, if something kind of embarrassing would happen, like, you know, if I, I realized like, okay, if I do or say something embarrassing, if I like lean into it, then it's okay. It's when yeah. people feel bad when you like, when you do it and then you're, and then you, they, you're visibly like, you know, embarrassed and like, oh, now we can't laugh because they're, they don't feel good about it. And so mm-hmm. um, I kind of like learned to, to lean into it and then started doing it more on purpose but like, I don't want to be like, and, and I don't want to be a character. And that's part of why this show, we don't wear hats the entire time because I didn't want it to be a gimmick. I want it to just be this nice little thing that we kind of end off with. Um, so with that all said, uh, the next question here, since I'm sure we both love learning new things, um, what is the last new thing that you learned, whether it was a skill or a piece of information? And what is something you would still like to learn? I guess the the flow wand is the skill that I'm currently learning. Um, I'm also uh, learning a bunch in class every day. Right now we're learning about um, uh, like psychodynamic, which is not my favorite mode of counseling, uh, but that's what we're learning about. Freud and Jung uh, classics. Um, and uh, yeah, what, I, what, what I want to learn, all of it. I want to learn all the things. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm really excited to just learn more about different like modes of counseling and, and tools uh, that I'm going to be using in my practice in the future. Um, but yeah, and, and I hope to learn more cool levy one tricks. Um, I, right now I can do around the head, but I saw there's a couple girls online. They're very talented and I can't remember their names now, but I've been watching YouTube tutorials and they do really cool things, making it look like it's, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it looks really cool. You guys should go look up Levy Wand videos. <laughs> I, I, I know I have a few friends who uh, are or have been involved in the rave scene. So like, I think I have seen at least, I know a lot of people that use like poi or fire poi and stuff yeah, the like fire, that. Yeah. Um, or like hoops. And it's like, that's something that like, I'm interested. Okay. So here's the thing that you, you might relate to as well. And I've talked about this before where there's things that I want to learn, but then I've, I've fixed. So what happened was I wanted to learn how to do like magic tricks, like sleight of hand card mm-hmm. tricks, stuff like that. I just wanted to learn some basic stuff. So a few years ago, I actually got connected to a professional magician and we got together and he showed me some stuff and I managed to very clumsily do a very basic trick. And it was in that moment where I realized, okay, yes, I could learn how to do this, but I would have to stop everything else that I'm doing <laughs> only do this for like six hours a day for the next six months. I do not want to learn this that badly. <laughs> and and since then, I, and I kind of, and so like, that's kind of where it comes in where you say you only as good as you need to be. So like there's things yeah. that I'm curious about and it's like, maybe I'll try it one day and that will help me figure out if 
I really want to do it or if it just seems cool, but it's like, oh no, the, the, the time and energy investment is, is definitely more than how much I actually want. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so many things. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Cause, cause there's so many things that just seem really, really cool. And yeah, you don't know how much effort it takes until you start it. Like at the beginning of quarantine, I tried to get into resin making um, because they make it look so easy on TikTok. Um, but turns out it's not as easy as it looks. And I just made a mess and a bunch of garbage so <laughs> yeah no it's um I, there, there's other yeah there's like i mean even there's yeah there's lots of examples of that i won't i won't get too sidetracked here <laughs> again i have to host the show so <laughs> um so yeah this next question has elicited some some interesting answers not to put pressure on you but um i like to ask my guests about Kind of this idea of, because um, we're talking about sort of metaphorical hats, so we all have uh, different things that we have to do. And so I'm curious, um, what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats and hats in this context being skills or uh, interests? Probably like the art versus science. Um, yeah, I think that usually people people gravitate more towards one than the other, but I really feel like I am an everything kind of person. Um, and I and I've really and as I've grown up, I've kind of flip flopped back and forth too. I went through a period in my teenage years where I was very anti art, and I was very like pro science and like no science is more important and art is just wasting time and blah blah blah. And then I flipped the totally other way and I was like, no, art is necessary and art is what it gives life meaning. And, and now I've kind of found myself in this like more balanced adult mindset of like, both are very valuable and, uh, and important. And I want to be involved in both. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I did not actually click the unmute button on my first try there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. And, and like I, so me and my sister, my sister went like hard into science stuff. She has a master's degree in like something like biology related. And I've always been interested in science. And I do like learning about how things work in like a scientific way. But yeah, that was one of those things that I realized like at this point, for me to get like more seriously into anything science related would be like too big of a like barrier to entry. And I'm like super into just all kinds of art stuff. And um, it's, it's what makes me happiest, but uh, I mean, yeah, they're both important. And I, you know, I, I couldn't just like a lot of my art, actually, I like making art that has some kind of like educational mm -hmm. aspect to it, if I can help it, because like, I'm like a word nerd. I love wordplay. I love um, like, yeah just stuff and like even just like making connections between things that like maybe i don't think yeah. that many people notice and just be like hey check out this like interesting connection that i found and um like one thing i'm trying to do and it's just it's been slow going is like i've been trying to put together an ebook of kind of like poetry and word art and stuff like mm -hmm. that to just kind of because I, I didn't realize how much of it I had done until I started like curating it. And I'm like, oh my God, I have like a lot of this and I'm really happy with a lot of it. And, but I have to get in contact with someone who like does like book layouts to help me kind of make it, you know, pretty and functional and all that. But um, yeah. So the next question here is 
Uh, and this is a new one that I'm just starting to try in the last couple of episodes. Um, so there's this idea, like you might have heard people, and when I say you, I'm talking to the audience, you might have heard people complain about having to learn certain things in school and then getting out of school and being like, I've never used this, why did I get forced to learn it? And then, of course, there are things that we learn outside of school or sometimes just like, you know, in, in like university or college or whatever or on the job. And it's like, oh, I didn't learn this in school, but this is much more useful. But what I'm interested to ask is, have you learned any skills uh, or like anything information like um, knowledge sets wise that you've ended up using in an unexpected way in your travels? Um, so two things come to mind. One is just that I memorized Kingdom Phylum class order family genus species way back in high school. And that has helped on so many trivia questions. Um, highly recommend if you're going to memorize one thing, memorize the, I don't even, it's what, no, but my binomial nomenclature is that chemistry, uh, cladogram, I don't know, uh, you know, the spe kingdom phylum class order family genus species. Uh, so <laughs> memorize that. It'll help you in trivia. Um, and then the other one was, um, oh, just, just, uh, I learned, I went to um, drama classes at a really young age um, and, and learned just, you know, how to cheat towards the audience and how to project your voice. Um, and those two things have been so helpful throughout every aspect of my life. Um, I think everyone should learn like basic theater tools because uh, I've gotten great marks on every single um, presentation that I've had to give in class. Um, I think that it's helped my TikTok career. I think that it helps um, any public speaking that I've had to do. Um, I think it helps on job interviews, everything. <laughs> so I think, yeah, le learning like basic theater skills, I think has translated to every part of my life. That totally makes sense. And it, it reminds me how I've gotten a lot of comments about how like I seem so natural on this show and I have to mm -hmm. tell people like, I've been doing this for like almost seven years off and on. So it's not like I just decided to start interviewing people and I'm miraculously <laughs> good at it. Like it, it took a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, and, and that's like that the confidence and like the just sort of like and one of the biggest challenges of me doing this show, like while I'm doing it, is the the split between producer brain and host brain. Cause like I'm trying to like be present in, in two different ways and and like follow what's being said, but also be noticing other things. And um like my my show notes I've shown before, they're like all highlights and different things in different spots because it just helps me. Um, but then a lot of times when I'm back in editing uh, or post-production and I'll notice like, oh, they said this. And like, I obviously didn't catch it because I would have said this if I had noticed it and I didn't. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, so it's like, as much as it can be hard for me to split my focus, I've gotten better at it because of this show. And like, obviously I'm choosing to do it. I'm not being forced to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next question here, uh, and this one, I guess, is maybe a little bit more relevant pre-pandemic, but you can answer it for both pre and currently. But I'd like to ask the guests what their schedule is like and if they have a peak time of day. 
Uh, so lately my schedule is I, I actually am so grateful that I don't have to get up early anymore because I definitely I, I've heard that there's research that people with ADHD are more likely to have delayed sleep phase syndrome. And that I think really applies to me because it seems like now that I don't have to get up for any 8am class or get to work or anything. Um, I wake up whenever my body wants to wake up. And that's consistently between nine and 10am. Um, and then I, I don't feel tired in the day I used to always have to have afternoon naps and now I just don't I'm just I'm I'm awake for the whole day now which is something I've never had in my entire life um so that's awesome so I usually wake up between nine and ten and then I I lay in my bed reading TikTok comments for at least another hour sometimes an hour and a half um and then I get up and start doing my um, discussion questions and readings and stuff for school um, throughout there, I'll probably make a TikTok or two, um, depending on, uh, whether I have stuff to do for work too. I'll, I'll work on some, some work stuff, which has been over the computer, but I think we're talking about going into the lab soon. So hopefully I'll be going into the lab. Really excited about that. Um, and then the evening time is usually like when I finally, I'm like, Oh, I forgot to eat all day. I should probably eat now. And, uh, and then you know, video games and, and chatting with friends. Um, and that's what my pandemic days have been. Was there a second part to that question? I can't remember. Um, just a peak time of day. Oh, peak time of day. Uh, it depends. Uh, creativity wise, late at night. Um, I feel really creative at night, which sucks for TikTok because lighting is. <laughs> but then for like academic stuff, it's you. It's mid afternoon. I, I want to say probably between 12 and like 3pm. That's when my brain is best on for like writing or reading. Oh, I just accidentally clicked something it didn't mean to click. Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I, I, I recently just switched back to uh, using a trackball mouse and I'm just still getting a little bit used to it. <laughs> Was um, there a reason for that choice or do you just, uh, did you just not have a laser mouse? There's a bit of a long story behind that. Okay, <laughs> maybe well, I'll ask you later. <laughs> I'd be happy to tell you later. It's it's kind of a weird little quirk thing of mine. Um, I, I I got basically the very, very short version is about 10 years ago, I got really bad carpal tunnel. And so I taught myself to start using my mouse with my other hand at work. And then I have been doing that for basically 10 years. But now I was starting to kind of find that like, that wrist was getting a bit sore and tired too. So like now I'm kind of like alternating. <laughs> so I have two, two mice on my desk on either side of my keyboard. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I literally just like switched back to, to trackball mice like a week ago. So I'm still getting used to it, but like, yeah, it's not too bad, but um, I was going to say something else and, oh yeah, I was going to ask you, um, cause we're actually doing really well on time. I'm very surprised. Oh, so um, <laughs> I, uh, when you mentioned like, cause that's, that's, you were mentioning having to like spend like an hour or more like reading TikTok comments uh, or replying to TikTok comments each day. And like, that's one of those things that like it, it kind of, it kind of terrifies me a little bit to think like, if I actually get that, like, it'd be like, if I got that popular that I had that many comments to respond to, like that would obviously be kind of a good thing, but um, it would kind of like, I feel like it'd be very overwhelming. So like, um, how, how do you find that? 
It is very overwhelming and it's very anxiety inducing, especially if the posts go big. So my, my followers are for the large part, like super amazing. And I've, I, I have this like awesome community of really supportive, really understanding, uh, really just great people. But then if my videos go viral or go big and they breach outside of my followers or even outside of the like neurodivergent queer community and go into just like the general population, that's when I start to get some like really just stressful, icky comments where either they're like missing the point entirely or they're insinuating I'm stupid or, you know, they're saying like homophobic, transphobic, ableist stuff, all the ists. Um, yeah. So, and that, and that, and that kind of stuff, it, it gets really, uh, it weighs on you and and it's hard you know you you try to just ignore it and you try to just delete and block those kind of people but they're the kind of things that like stick in your head and you're thinking about it as you try to go to sleep and you're like oh if I could just if I could just talk to them face to face and explain to them like no I actually meant this and and you interpreted it differently and like and 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 then the thing you said was actually super problematic because of this reason and this reason uh, but of course, like people who comment those kind of things are not are not the ones that are there to learn anyway. So it's best to just block them and move on. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, like that's uh, I mean, there's there's a couple of things there because like I'm I guess I'm ultimately most active on on Instagram as far as like actually posting like kind of like content or art, and it's one of those things where like as a, a trans female. Um, I, I know a lot of trans women like post a lot of, you know, selfies and that tends to, to bring a lot of attention. And I've intentionally tried to avoid doing that both because I don't want, like my page is supposed to be about my art and my creations. And like, it's that, that thing that, that, um, I've seen the meme so many times where it's like, you know, you post like a really beautiful painting or something, or like a design that you did, it'll get 10 likes and then you'll post a selfie and it'll get a hundred likes. And you're just like, so basically what I do, what I create, my like ideas mm -hmm. are next to worthless. And just because I happen to be, you know, conventionally attractive based on whatever standards, like, mm -hmm. and that's, that's so, and with this show, like, I'm glad that this show is, is not like, I, I really try not to make it about me. It's, it's about like the, you know, the guest story and, and like the insights and the wisdom that can be kind of picked out from it. And so I think because it's like a more genuine, honest, uh, like effort, uh, I feel like it's hopefully more likely to attract like, you know, genuine feedback as opposed to, you know, because like, I do have a few videos on my channel from like way before I started doing this about like trans stuff. And those are the ones that get the most hits, but also get some sucky comments. So, mm. um, yeah, so I, I kind of relate to you there, but obviously not like I hope I, I mean, it, like I said, it's a catch-22 of, like, I, I obviously want to know that I've kind of reached more people, but I I just really think I would struggle if I was having to deal with, like, hundreds of comments a day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and Even, it's really yeah. started to, like, make me realize that, like, I don't want to be famous. <laughs> Like, and I've, I lately I purposely do things that I know will hurt the view count of my posts because I don't want them to go viral because it's such a negative impact on my mental health. And I don't want that much attention. Like I want, 
I want people who will benefit from my posts to find them. And that's just such a hard balance to like, I want people who will enjoy this and like this content and benefit from it to find it, but I don't want everybody to find it. And there's no way to really like curate it that way. Yeah, definitely. Have have you ever been like recognized out on just like general public? No, um, not that has not happened yet. Um, I don't know if it's just because I don't go in public very often, um, <laughs> or if it's, I'm just not actually that big. <laughs> but well, I guess we'll yeah. see once once I start going into public without a mask, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, see that's the thing. Like I think uh, even once we don't maybe don't have to wear them anymore, I might still do it. Just as that like right? you know kind of extra right? level of because like anonymity. <laughs> yeah, and it's this weird like kind of uh, like. I keep saying catch 22, but like I've talked on here before about how I tend to overshare and I tend to be very like open, but then that's me kind of choosing it. And then when I'm, if I'm just like out trying to get groceries or like run an errand, like I don't, I don't want to have to be, you know, Lacey yes. Artemis, then I just want to like be average person and just exactly. like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, you totally said it like, oh, this is me <laughs> like, like volunteering the information. Yeah. That, that's it. That's, yeah <laughs> you hit on that point and yeah and i guess like in in a city like toronto where i am where it's like a much like bigger population mm -hmm. I, I i'm like is it inevitable that that somebody's gonna like recognize me at some point but yeah. um yeah well we'll see i guess i'll cross that bridge when i come to it <laughs> yeah i've had people recognize me um before i started the tiktok but they're usually like you look super familiar how do i know you and i'm like do you go to theater shows in ottawa because you've probably seen me on stage in a strange costume <laughs> or i was your ta at some point also could be a possibility <laughs> Um, so with that said, the next question here, uh, this is one I like to ask about, uh, again, because just talking about the journey and how we got to where we are and things that, you know, helped or, or slowed us down or things that we kind of figured out along the way. And so I, I kind of realized uh, a few episodes back to to talk about like kind of the, the close relationships in our lives and in terms of kind of support. And I was I'm really just asking like, originally just asking about um, how have the people, the close relationships in your life been with your, like your goals and your ideas and stuff. But um, I'm sort of trying to uh, do a little bit more teachable. So I've been talking about like uh, hype hats and heavy hats, I call them. So hype hats are people who like kind of hype you up and encourage you and try to like uh, help you reach your goals faster and heavy hats are kind of the opposite of the people that like discourage you and kind of like make you doubt yourself and, um, you know, lead you astray. And so you don't have to name specific names, but uh, I'd like to ask if, if you can think of an example of kind of each and this, I hope will help people recognize the sorts of people that they should keep in their life and the sorts of people that they should maybe try to like, you know, put a bit more of a buffer with. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm really really lucky that now I I find myself now in a place where the majority of the people in my life are high pats very much high pats, um, but it has taken me quite a few years to kind of like cultivate that um, because I do I think I, I'm very much a like I love love and I love people and I just want I want to know all the people and I want all the people to like me and I want to be friends with everybody um, so it, it takes me sometimes quite a while to realize who 
who is a heavy hat. Um, and then, and then once I do, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm already so deep into this like friendship. I feel like it's hard to like shed people, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, the, almost everyone in my life is a hype hat right now. Um, my mom has always been like the biggest hype hat that uh, of anyone. Uh, she's always been so supportive. Like her catchphrase is just like, whatever makes you happy, do whatever makes you happy. Um, and even, even through like the, when I started like, you know, thinking about gender stuff this past year and I've, I've tried to kind of explain it to her. And I mean, she's very much a boomer. So she, she's like, I don't know what any of these terms mean, but I love you and I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Um, so yeah, she's super great about that. Uh, my partner is also very much the same way. Um, just like always saying like, you know, he's proud of me and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's great. Yeah. Lots of, lots of hype hats. Um, I also have quite a few friends that are, that are really good friends. And I think that a, a sign of a good, a good friend, a good hype hat friend is someone who, when you're changing is excited for that change. Um, and cause throughout, especially in my teenage years, there are a lot of people who would notice me changing and would kind of, um, like bring me down because of it or like question it or like, Oh, like, why are you doing that? Like, I remember one friend, like I parted my hair differently in, in high school and she was like, Oh, why did you, why did you do that? Um, and you know, friends that do that, like when they question you about when you're changing in a negative way, that's a bad sign. They, they should be like, Oh, I noticed you did something different. looks great friend. Like, you know, hype you up for it uh, because like, we're all going to change and we're all going to try different things. Um, and like, it might, you might find out that it's not for you later, but that's for you to find out, not for your friends to, to like point out. <laughs> Very well said. Uh, and yeah, I think you did a good job of kind of illustrating. Um, yeah. Each episode. I just, I, I, because I, I know that not everyone listens to every episode, which is why I tend to be a little bit more redundant with some of the questions, but I just want to make sure that the, the kind of idea gets across. So whoever does listen to this one will hopefully get that, get an insight on that. Because um, like I, in my own life, like again, a lot of my friends as well and uh, the family that I'm still in touch with are, mm. are definitely supportive. And um, yes, but yeah, so with the, with the gender thing, like because I only came out, I guess, about three years ago now, and um that was you know never quite sure how how people are going to react and like the younger members of my family tended to be better and the older ones were like okay well, i'm not sure about this but like um you know still support and you know even if like kind of more passively but um and so i guess that kind of ties well into the next question which is uh, focusing on on health and kind of more specifically mental health um, some of my guests have had more kind of like physical issues, like uh, physical disabilities. But um, yeah, I usually try to focus a little bit more on the mental health because that is something I know that everyone does deal with. And it's uh, it's it's a very like broad topic. Obviously, there's so much that we could talk about. And I guess we can maybe get a little bit more into the the struggles of the neurodiversity uh, here. Um, so the 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 starting question that that I kick off this with is um, what uh, what mental health issues uh, have you dealt with in your life and how have you uh, worked through them? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with ADHD, general anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder all at the same time when I was 20 years old. Um, but I I was definitely like I mean, obviously ADHD is lifelong. So I, I was dealing with that my whole life, but I, but the, the anxiety and the depression were definitely, uh, you know, there 
when I was earlier, when I was younger. Um, and, and the anxiety has been something that's really followed me. Um, what's really helped, I've made huge strides anxiety-wise. I can now ride buses and, and pull the, the stop thing without freaking out. And I can go to bars now alone. Like I can walk into a bar and not know anybody and just like be okay with that, um, which were not things that I could do before. And the things that helped me the most with those two things um, were one, I got on medication and two, I went to therapy. And I think that the two of those things mixed together is what really helps because if I hadn't have gone on medication, I wouldn't have been receptive to the things in therapy. I was in such a low spot that I just thought all like all therapy was dumb. It was all frou-frou magic, hippy dippy stuff. Um, but then once I started to take the medication, it kind of lifted me out of that deep, deep hole, just enough so that I was like, okay, maybe I'll like, I'll give it a try. Like I have enough energy that I'll, I'll actually try some of the stuff that they mentioned in therapy. I'll, I'll really listen and, and really like contemplate and think about the stuff that I'm hearing. And once I was able to do that, it was kind of like a, a feedback loop of like, oh, okay, now that I can actually listen to therapy, I can start to do some of the things that they suggest. And then once I start doing some of the things that they suggest, I feel a little bit better so I can listen more and learn more and do more. Um, so yeah, the, the combination of meds and therapy has really made the biggest change in my life. Um, recently, I, I, I've just started to talk to my doctor about premenstrual dysphoric disorder, because I think that the major depressive disorder was a misdiagnosis. I think that it's a premenstrual dysphoric disorder thing. Um, but because of having ADHD and being really bad at keeping track of time, um, anytime that any doctor has asked me, like, what is the pattern? Like, when, when you feel this way, how long does it last? Um, I don't have a good answer because I don't keep track of that stuff. So it's taken me quite a few years to, like, to kind of in bits and pieces, like, do a journal here and record stuff in an app here. And, and now that I have like a couple of years of like actual things written down about how I feel, I'm looking back at it. And I'm like, Oh, there is a pattern here. There's a pattern of the premenstrual. And there's also a pattern of feeling really poopy in the winter. So a little bit of seasonal affective disorder going on. Um, so that's something that I'm talking, talking to my, my doctors about, and we're going to go through the process of maybe getting formally assessed soon. Yeah, I think, uh, I'm I'm like I'm not formally diagnosed with ADHD, but uh, I think that's something I might look into. And um, just again, I think I mentioned this to you in the pre-show lobby that I um, like I've I've known people with anxiety for years, and I've heard about it. And for some reason, like it never because like the thing I found is, and so anyone who's listening who doesn't know this, there between autism and ADHD, there's a lot of comorbidities, meaning there's a lot of like the same traits between the two things, which probably makes sense because it's like about how your brain is wired differently. And so now I'm kind of learning that like anxiety is is uh, very much kind of tied into that as well. Like it's kind of like, a, I guess, like a sub sub um, trait or, or I, don't, I don't know. But anyways, like this morning for the first time ever, I actually went and looked up the the traits and symptoms of general anxiety disorder. And I was just like, wow, this is like, this describes my life for like the last several years and especially like the last few months of just, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, how, how did, and, and I talked to my roommate. He was like, I just, I just like assumed that, that you like already knew or something. And <laughs> it's like, which is, which is kind of funny, but um, yeah. And, and the thing that we sort of, we also talked about briefly uh, before we recorded that, um, and, and this is maybe, maybe something you might be able to talk to a little bit more than I can, but I, I've 
learned that um, with with uh, with neurodivergence comes a higher incidence of gender divergence, or at least gender expression, gender identity divergence. Is, um, and, and that kind of makes sense too when you think about it because your brain is wired differently, so you don't perceive the world the same way. And so when someone's trying to enforce a, a gender norm on you, it's less likely for it to be accepted and to be acceptable. Um, and this is something that likes people in the trans community are concerned about because obviously um, like people already want to like, you know, cure autism and people want to cure trans and cure gays. And so like the more that this stuff kind of gets like tied and linked together, the more ammunition it might be for, for like bigots and stuff. And um, yeah. Do you, do you have any kind of greater thoughts on that subject? Yeah. So, and, and I've actually like made a video about this subject and then deleted it and then remade it. And like, I just, I've been thinking about it for a long time of how to word it, but basically like my, my idea is like, yeah. Um, linking the two things can be ammunition for bigots basically. Um, and even some of the articles that I've read, the language that they use makes me cringe a little bit because it's, it's almost like, you know, pathologizing both ADHD, autism, and and being queer, um, and and that's just a really icky feeling. But then I also think that it's one. It just knowledge is knowledge is power. I think that knowing things is always a good thing. Um, I always want to learn. I always want to know where the connections are, if there are connections. So when I when I started reading these papers that are showing this connection, I was just excited. And also I was like, oh, this also applies to me. So I'm excited because I see myself in this research. Um, but I think like, while it might be ammunition for bigots, it's also ammunition for us because We've already decided as a society in the DSM, being gay is no longer a mental health disorder. So maybe uh, if we're linking autism and ADHD to being gay, being queer, having gender divergence, then maybe that will also depathologize ADHD and autism a little bit because we've already decided that being gay and being trans is not a, a pathology, is not a mental health disorder. So maybe down the road we're going to see neurodivergence in a similar way hopefully <laughs> i i never actually thought about it like that and that that is encouraging to to think about um for sure and i, I don't know how uh, like involved you are with the with the trans community necessarily but i know it's it's a bit of a running joke from my experience to be like oh you're trans and you're not autistic or like you know you're trans and you're like not queer and it's it's kind of almost like funny in a way that it's like such a like a, a common thing and um yeah i don't know if you if you have experienced much of that yourself yeah definitely and i think it's really interesting that people within the community seem to realize these patterns and connections almost before the research catches up um and and yeah and and having my foot in because i'm in this is this kind of like weird middle ground where i'm not quite a um clinician yet but also, I, I follow a lot of like therapists and, and psychologists and stuff on TikTok. So I, I hear what they're saying, too. And uh, and, you know, they're they're very worried about like, you know, the language that people use and, you know, like not um, not portraying things that are, you know, not 
yet like confirmed with research you know like we have a few studies here and there hinting at this but like oh we don't know for sure yet but like the communities kind of know when you know you know like when you're in the community and when you're seeing the patterns over and over and over again um the research is really just like the the confirmation of, of that pattern that we've all been seeing um and 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 research is very important and i'm very to see where the research goes on this but i i will be I will not be surprised when we see more and more research saying that, yes, this is a pattern. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I just, I hope that uh, that doesn't get too much into like the wrong hands of people that want to try and weaponize that against us for, you know, like policymaking or, or anything like that. Yeah. So I guess the one uh, question I'll end this, I'll, I'll end this question of the set on uh, like a, so with your with what you've learned and what you know about like mental health and neurodivergence and, and all that kind of stuff, if anyone listening is maybe like suspects or thinks or has like an experience that uh, like yeah, that suspects or thinks that they might be either uh, neurodivergent or that it, that maybe there's like a, a kind of, like what I guess what I'm trying to say is like what what do you recommend like where should they kind of start or what should maybe be the first step to uh to like learn or or figure things out yeah so the the first first step is is just like learn as much as you can follow as many neurodivergent creators as you can um i have a link in my bio with a bunch of information there's youtube videos there's layman articles that are written with like easy to understand words there's scientific articles that might be a little bit harder to understand but if you're a sciencey person you want to dive into that there's that so just learn as much as you can um and then go to your doctor the first easiest place to start is your family doctor and then they can usually give you a referral if you're having trouble um, being believed by your doctor because that can often be the experience um, especially for adults um, then try and try and find specifically a like a psychologist who specializes in ADHD and autism um, because they will actually be trained in how to recognize it especially one that is trained in your population so if you're a person of color or if you're an adult female or whatever um, make sure that they have training in specifically you um, so that they will know how to recognize the signs and they will not have the same bias that uh, people that don't have the training have. Um, yeah, so th those are those are my biggest recommendations. There are also a bunch of databases in uh, in the document in my bio that uh, you can use to help find a therapist or a psychologist. Um, so yeah, so ch check out that kind of stuff. Talk to your family doctor, talk to psychologists, therapists, follow people, learn, listen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I've definitely found just just getting connected to those communities and kind of hearing from other people can can was for me it was a helpful place to start. Um, so the next question here, um, and we've kind of I guess touched like all the later questions in the show tend to often get touched on in earlier answers, but I ask them anyways. Um, mm -hmm. So I preface this question with saying that failure can be a good thing. Obviously, we don't tend to like failing, but it serves a purpose and that it usually shows us something that we that wasn't right for us or it shows us something we need to improve on. And so I like to ask, what is something kind of like it doesn't have to be like the biggest thing, but like what is something that you can remember kind of prominently in your life that didn't go the way that you had hoped, but you learned something from it and what was that? I guess probably my PhD and the fact that I dropped out within a month. I think it was a month, maybe two months. 
Um, and I guess that's not really a failure because it was my choice. I didn't fail out. I dropped out. Um, but, but I think it was a, like a, a turning point for me where I, I realized that I was just kind of going through the motions of what I thought I was supposed to do um, in my field. Um, and then I realized that that's not really what I wanted to do or what would bring me joy or motivation. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, and, and, and it was, it felt like a failure at the time because I was turning down a great funding package. And again, like I said earlier, like so many of my decisions have been based on what is going to make me monetarily stable, financially stable. Um, so I was, I turned down basically, uh, like four years of like financial security to go to a school that I would get absolutely no funding, no TA placements, no scholarships, and the school costs three times as much to do something that I want to do more. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of felt like a failure, but then it also kind of felt like a win. Yeah, when I think back to a lot of the things that in my life that at the time felt like such crushing disappointments, and I look back on them now, and it's like, yeah, but if that didn't happen, then I wouldn't be where I am right now. And like, I, I couldn't know where I was going to end up. But like, and, and that's kind of almost another catch 22, I find, because like, you know, we do tend to like, we try to make the best of where we end up. And so I can see how no matter where you kind of end up, you could see some kind of like positive or silver lining in it. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm very happy with where I am and of course there's still, still room for, for improvement and growth, but, um, yeah. So the next question here, we're getting close to the end. Um, we've obviously shared lots of advice indirectly now, but I like to encapsulate it a little bit more succinctly. So I like to ask, and you can give the same piece of advice to all three of these groups, or you can give separate advice to each, but what advice would you give to a teenager? What advice would you give to a 30 year old? And what advice would you give to an elder or grandparent? Um, to a teenager. So I, I had one piece of advice, but then talk what we were talking about earlier with the like, winding paths the like where you thought you were on one path but you just kind of like wander around and figure it out um i think that that's that's probably my piece of advice is that you don't have to have a path it's okay like have a loose goal of where you think you'd like to be but then be open to just taking whatever life throws at you because nobody's path is exactly what we thought it would be and it's it's a lot less stressful if you just realize that like you're going to you're going to figure it out. You're going to you're going to make choices and changes depending on the new information that you are given and that's okay and that's the way that life should be. Um the other piece of information that I was kind of thinking that I think I'll still mention for teenagers is to be nice to other people. This is something that I specifically really would have benefited um as a teenager. Um, especially because like I did experience uh, bullying and social troubles growing up. Um, and I think that I ended up creating like a wall of like sarcasm and biting humor. Um, and, and I thought that that's the way I had to be. Um, but yeah, just be nice to people. We're all just humans. We're all just trying to, to get along and people 
will be more nice to you the nicer you are to them. So um, be nice to other people. And for people in their 30s, which is, I'm 28, so I'm almost there. I feel weird giving advice to people that are older than me, but I think that um, being nice to yourself is is a good piece of advice. And that's what I've currently been trying to work on. Um, the most these past couple of years is learning how to be nice to myself um, and and just be kind to myself when I make mistakes or when I don't have the energy to do something or, you know, when I start, you know, getting hopeless and stuff is just like, be nice to yourself, give yourself the space to, you know, take the time and the breaks that you need. And there's always going to be more time to try again um, if you make a mistake. And I guess the, that's probably good advice for uh, for older people too. I don't I don't know if I have that much advice for for like a grandparent age because uh, I haven't experienced that yet. I think that I'm more more apt to just take take advice from people that are grandparent age. <laughs> yeah, and a few of my guests have been hesitant or have felt like they didn't they they weren't qualified to give advice <laughs> to people older. But I, I do like to to kind of clarify with that one um, just again for the, more for the audience's sake that. I think that's another misconception of our, of our culture that like you can't teach someone older than you anything. And if you really think about it, that is, that is definitely not true. There's lots of stuff that we know more about than our grandparents and also that they, the inverse is true. Mm-hmm. So um, not to say like, you know, I'm not trying to pressure you, but just to let people know, like, don't think like that. Don't think that you, yeah. you have nothing to say to, to, you know, your elders. Um, we can all learn from each other, no matter what our ages are. So um yeah, and actually, something that you just kind of reminded me of uh, in there, or at least it popped back into my head. Um, I forget what his name that that Canadian astronaut who's famous. I can't remember his name uh, right now. Hatfield. That's Hatfield? the one. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it was him, but or it might have been a different astronaut. But I think it was him. And somebody was interviewing him. I think it was on a podcast, and they're saying like, you know, what advice do you give? And he said something. It, it was actually I think directed to like kids or teenagers of like. Um, you know, like you were saying, if you have this kind of like this goal that you want to like shoot for, even if it's like, you know, going to be a few years away, um, saying like, you know, each weekend, like start like doing just a little bit of something that's trying to build a skill or something towards that goal. Because if you kind of wait till like right before, then you have to kind of try to cram all this learning and all this skill building in. But if you say to your parents, like, Hey, I want to become an astronaut they'd be like, okay, so what do you need to, to, to learn or to know or to be able to do to, to become an astronaut and then find time sort of each week or each month or something. And just, just spend a little bit of time when you can doing a little bit of something towards that. Cause it does add up and it'll make it easier when you get closer to it. And that just felt like it was kind of relevant in this context. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we're going to flip the script and I give the guest a chance to ask me a question and put me on the hot seat. I didn't know if you have one, uh, ready or if you're going to yeah. think of one right now I have one um, so I'm I'm super interested in how people like grow and change like emotionally basically so my question is what is something about like you as a person that has changed drastically from when you're a child to when you're now just in maybe the way that you see the world or the way that you think about things yeah, uh, I think right now, like I'm very, my, my mind is very much on because I've been like doing therapy again recently. And I'm, I'm going through a situation right now where I'm just, I've, like I had, I, I had uh, trauma from from my childhood that 
was uh, kind of like unresolved for a very, very long time. And, um, and like, I've been learning a lot more about mental health and just also looking at how I interact with people and, and kind of the, the ways that that's good and the ways that that's like lacking or could be better. And um, I've really, I've really been focusing a lot or trying to focus a lot on how can I be a better person? How can I be kind of like more patient? How can I be more like, cause I've, I've always been bad with, with dealing with like change and, and like especially sudden change. And I know that's part of my, my neurodiversity. And so I'm, I've been trying to like, you know, like, and, and again, right now too, just like letting myself sit in uncomfortable feelings and not be like, Oh, I need to distract myself or oh, I need to like, mm-hmm. you know, fix this or whatever. And just, um, and I guess that's part of the whole being kind to yourself thing of just, you know, I know that this isn't all my fault and I'm working on it and, um, and like just kind of be yeah, realizing, cause I've also been realizing or feeling like I know my social life's never been that great and I've never been super good at keeping in regular contact with my friends. And, um, and that's something that's bothered me for a long time. And I've just never quite gotten to the point of like really investing in, in improving it. But right now I'm seeing the value in like putting in that effort more. And so I feel like I'm kind of like uh, winding a little bit off the question, but I'm, I'm not sure if I kind of, if I gave an answer that that's fitting. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a good answer. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, I, I'm, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now and processing a lot of like kind of past and current and things like, Oh, I thought that I'd, you know, fix this or something. And, um, but you know, that, that kind of journey is perhaps never fully complete. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, that's why I appreciate getting to do this and getting to get insights and wisdom from other people and, and having a conversation and, and letting people know that they're, they're not alone. And, um, that's, that's kind of an honor and a privilege. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for helping me with that. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know if you, if you had, a, uh, so, yeah, cause the next thing I was going to ask, uh, it's not even, it's not a question per se, but I like to each episode because there's so many issues out there that are important and that deserve some, some kind of screen time or some you know, ear time, um, and so each episode, I like to give like a little nod to something. So I like to ask the guests if there's any charities or causes or things like that that you'd like to let people know about and kind of um, uh, boost the signal for. Yeah, so this isn't like a specific charity or cause, but I just want to encourage people to participate in research if they have the ability to. Um, You can do that by looking at local hospitals or universities' websites. They'll usually have a tab that says like research, and they'll have a a place that are asking for participants for ongoing studies. Having participated in research, like having participated and also um, like led and and participated as a researcher in research, um, I just, I know how hard it can be to get participants, especially for people with mental health disorders, um, because it it can be really, really challenging. For for example, I did my thesis on depression, and it's hard to get depressed people to come into the lab and participate in things that can take a couple of hours um, and and do in-depth questions. So if you are able to do that, please look into it because your experience is so, so, so valuable to research. Um, And sometimes you can even get like a, like a little bit of a reimbursement of like money or a gift card or something. So it's, it's, it's a great experience. You'll have a great time and uh, your, your experience will be really, really valuable. So definitely look into participating in research in your area. 
Thank you for sharing that. Uh, as as many of your answers have been, that's uh, I think that's actually a first that someone's uh, made that suggestion, and definitely that is that is valuable. And I just want to take a quick second to I know it's on the screen. It's not. Uh, I, I have it on the screen in the YouTube uh, version of the show. There's always a Black Lives Matter button there. I don't always remember to say it explicitly, but. Um, yeah, I just wanted so I just wanted to take a second again to say, you know, um, all Black Lives Matter. If you can uh, donate or donate, whether it's it's money or it's time or um, just help boost the signal of of, of BIPOC creators, artists, uh, activists, anything like that, you know, give give them, um, you know, let, give yeah, uh, take a step back and, and give them uh, give them the platform. And uh, I say this being aware that that the guests on my show so far have been predominantly white, and that is something that I'm I'm trying to uh, address. Um, that said, uh, it is plugs time. Um, I, I don't know if you have anything that you want to plug besides your uh, Instagram and your TikTok. Yeah, it's all on there. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's at uh, ADH Adult on both of them. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I follow both and, and I, again, I, I highly recommend the content. It's, it's fun and, and it's, uh, and enlightening and, uh, it's, it's honest. So, um, give that a look. And for me, I, <laughs> I have a million things to plug. I'm kind of been slowing down a little bit lately cause I've been a little bit, uh, over overwhelmed, but, um, I just posted a video. I'm running a contest right now to, um, give away a copy of my book, Parker and Tucker, Private Investigators, which I'm holding up right now. It is uh, my first short fiction novel that I published back in December. And so there's a contest with a jar of purple gumballs. And if you can correctly guess how many gumballs are in that jar, you win a copy of the book and another special surprise. So cool. um, yeah, that's that's out there now. People have been guessing. Um, I am being very careful to not give away any kind of like mm -hmm. clues to try and keep it very fair. So uh, it's got a fun little thing. And as I mentioned, I uh, actually learned of Carly through uh, Dystopian Telephone, which uh, mm -hmm. they were they were on a little while ago. And um, that was an episode where I was just like, I was, again, I was like, I wish I was part of this conversation because <laughs> I am right there with y'all. Um, and yeah, Alana suggested that I should get in touch with you. And I did. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I, cause I was also on dystopian telephone, uh, I think a few episodes before that, but, um, I also just want to give a quick little shout out to Billy Schultz, who, um, does uh, queer in time kitchen on Instagram, which I was on recently and does the nothing to fear podcast, um, uh, which is about horror movies and, um, yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, again, I'm twitching now. So twitch.tv slash artist creates, I'm doing video games. I'm going to be starting to do art streams soon. And uh, yeah, everything else that I have is uh, artemiscreates.com or I'm on like Linktree slash artemiscreates. And um, yeah, I'm trying to keep this a little bit shorter these days, but um, yeah, I'm always doing... Oh, and then of course, Patreon, Patreon uh, artemiscreates. Um, so yeah, and this is the part where I'm going to explicitly ask for audience participation. Um, I like if you are watching on YouTube, uh, if you can leave a comment about your favorite thing that you learned on this episode or your favorite insight, or even if you have your own question that uh, maybe you want, you'd want to ask uh, either of us, um, uh, 
I welcome that very much. If you're listening to the podcast, then you can maybe tweet at me or send me a DM or something. So now we get to do the the hat sign off, which is something that I always look forward to. Um, do you want to uh, go first? Or do you want me to go first? Sure, I can go. <laughs> All right. Do I have to do anything special? No, I have to put it on. <laughs> All right. Or we can just go at the same time. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to hold this up because this one doesn't fit on my headphones very well. I used to describe the hats to the uh, to the listeners, but now I realize if I don't do that, then they have to come and at least look to see what the hats <laughs> are. So I'm going to be a bit of a jerk and, and do that now. But um, yeah, I am wearing a hat that matches the color of my shirt and Carly's sweater. And Carly is wearing a unique but uh, appropriately geeky hat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, just give it a minute so that we can I can get a screenshot of this with us. Oh, hey, there we go. I let it go, and it's actually staying up now. <laughs> yeah, it actually it actually is St. Patrick's Day today that we're recording. So oh, yeah. that is that is part of. <laughs> I wore green it. by accident. <laughs> I know, and I just I realized that when you told me, and I was like, oh, that's a that's a fun little coincidence. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that is that. And as I said, we, we've already recorded the bonus episode and it was it was a good one. So head over to Patreon if you want to watch that. And um, yeah, I'm going to, like I said, I'm kind of doing Twitch a little bit more now. Um, uh, things have been kind of hectic lately, but uh, they're slowing down now. So I'm hoping to get on there a bit more. And uh, yeah, the the... Good luck on that contest. If you want to participate, there will be other giveaways in the future. I just have to figure out what I'm going to do those times. And thank you again for, for coming on. This is really great. I'm, I'm really happy with how this went. And I think we shared a lot of really great um, perspective and wisdom and um, education and uh, genuineness. So, um, yeah, and we didn't even go as long as I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for um, having me. This was a great conversation. Thank you for watching. Please leave a comment or a like and a subscribe uh, rating on iTunes. Um, I'm, I'm kind of everywhere. So say hello. Tell me if you're enjoying the show. And, you know, if there's somebody that you would like to see on the show, you can let me know because, I mean, I'm happy to, to kind of take recommendations. Uh, I just had somebody recommended to me, I think, yesterday that I'm going to follow up with. So th this has been another episode of Hat Collecting. And until next time, stay curious and keep collecting those hats. Ha <laughs> <laughs>